The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. It was 10th of January 2016 that David Bowie died and this week is the annual Dublin Bowie Festival. There's a whole bucket of artists and talks and analysis and remembrances and discussion happening all of the way around the uh, city and country. And we thought it might be worth looking back at him and, and trying to figure out what was it about him that inspires such, such obsessive loyalty among his fans? And I think prime amongst them, <laughs> top of that list, is the man who has been Ireland's number one breakfast uh, show host for more years than I... I it has to be more said... More years than I care to remember. Before we get into Dave Bowie, single most successful breakfast show host in Irish history, without parallel and without question. My it's a God. hell of a record. That's fantastic. Hell of a record. Well, it's great to hear you saying it. But it's know. true. I mean, it's <laughs> not often you can point to something yeah. and say, yeah. absolutely objectively, without question, most successful. I, know, I think people think I'm mad. I think my mother thinks I'm mad because I, when I was a teenager, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't get out of the bed until about two o'clock. She would literally <laughs> have to coax me out, you know. So she can't understand, get her head around the whole idea of me getting up so early. But it's anyway. amazing the incentive a check will provide. Absolutely. Talk to us about Bowie. Because you have been a fan since um, he, he started, almost. What is it about him that is so compelling? What is it about him that is so unique? Um, I just think he was such an innovator. He was ahead of his time, big time. I think he's inspired so many people, even to this day, down through the ages. And I was just fascinated by him. And I was kind of asked the question, is it his music or is it him uh, that you that I am drawn towards? And it's, it is him. It's the whole... Bowie thing. And yeah. how much of that is artifice? How do you mean? Like, well, I, I've, I'm always intrigued by the sort of the phases of Bowie. You've Tin White Duke, you've Ziggy, you've... Uh, is it that he sat like Madonna and thought, God, I need an image change to sell records? Or no, was this th- that he was taken by a muse? I think, I think what happened with him was that he didn't... He was a little bit shy and he didn't really want to be David Bowie doing his stuff. So he decided to take on personas. And, you know, Ziggy Stardust, Tin White Duke, as you say. And, you know, he, he was playing a part all the time. And really, when it at the very start of his career, he wanted to be uh, on the West End. He wanted to write musicals. He wanted to be in musicals. He wanted to be an actor. Did that's, he? That's really what he wanted to do. So he could have ended up being kind of Lionel so-and-so doing his musicals, you know. But then this thing took off and he tried a bit of folk music. And uh, then, of course, you know, the whole space oddity thing happened and people said, oh, who is this guy? And then Ziggy Stardust, Hunky Dory, all this. Uh, So I am a little bit obsessed and you're right. I mean, like I've got the tattoo, which I did for charity, but I'm not really a tattoo person, but I have that there. I also have only the one tattoo, have you? Just the one tattoo. And it is... Oh, it's the the, the last album, the Black Star album. And and even the designer of the Black Star album uh, sent me a tweet to say, I approve. I like it, which I thought was fantastic, <laughs> you know. Cool. But I also have the the Apple Watch, and every time you tr- you you actually, every time you uh, lift your wrist, a new Bowie picture. I've got about eight hundred photographs there of Bowie, so there's a Bowie picture every time. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit sad, really, you know. To be honest with you, Anton. So tell me then, the first time you saw him live, the first time I saw him live was in, I think it was in the what is now the Academy on Abbey Street and it was it was a kind of a, it was Witness there was a Witness festival and it was the launch of Witness and they decided to bring David Bowie over and myself and Paul McLoon who I'm sure you know very well uh, we went along it was kind of a date night really it was, it was, <laughs> we went, I always thought we, you and Paul were close we, we had dinner and then we decided to go down and we got great I, I was going to say seats but there weren't seats because we were standing and, but we were literally inches away from the guy and he came out and he actually the first song he did was was the 
the pa- sound of the piano was the song you've just played Life on Mars. Mars so there you go uh, and uh, we were there and like you know Drive In Saturday came on and the two of us were going his name was always <laughs> Buddy and we were like kids but it was amazing and I saw him then I mean in the what was the point a few times I was lucky enough to go backstage and actually met the guy it wasn't one of these uh, let's exchange numbers or have a deep conversation it was just how are you how's it going good luck see you bye but I was Did you have any trepidation about that because there's always that risk oh, that yeah, somebody you've built up that high yeah. turns out to be a complete arse. I know, but he actually, and you know what it was great? He had a handshake to beat all handshakes. I've had a few handshakes in my time where they're kind of very slippery, fishy sort of, and uh, these were people that I had, had admired. Uh, but uh, this was a good, firm handshake. Funny, because he guy. looks like he'd be delicate. Yeah, but I think he's stronger than he looks, to be honest with you. What about the nature? <laughs> he looks now, delicate. He does. He, does. <laughs> he always looks like you're like, careful, don't break David. Um, I asked you on a, on a, a privately many months, years Ooh. ago, for advice on Bowie. So listen, how, you know, what would you recommend? What albums? Because yes. I, I thought it, it, he had sort of passed me by and, yeah. and I was grateful for it because I, I did get um, very into him. But one of the things I discovered in the journey afterwards was of all artists that I know, he is arguably the most hit and miss. When he hits, he really hits. Yeah. Some of the misses though, Ian. Some of the misses, yeah. And I mean, I don't think that everything that he's ever done was good. I mean, I, I always think on nearly all his albums, he did a cover version. And I think his fans don't like him doing cover versions. And I think it's because the instinct is, no, David, you write songs. You, you come up with your own stuff. You don't have to be doing Waterloo Sunset and Let's Spend the Night Together and these other songs. So they kind of disregard them a little bit across the universe by uh, the Beatles he did as well. Uh, and I, so, but he is, he can be hit and miss. I mean, like, if you take an album like Ziggy Stardust, for example, every single track on that is brilliant. Hunky Dory, brilliant. Some of the later ones, you know, uh, but I think towards the end of his career, the two albums that he brought out at the end, particularly Black Star, which I thought it was such a David Bowie scripted thing, released it on the 8th of January, his birthday. The reviews in all the great magazines were saying, oh, this is five star stuff. It shouldn't be Black Star. It should be five star. This, And then two days later, die. You know what I mean? Like, it's just <laughs> what a way to go. It's just such a such a climax. <laughs> do you think of him by the sort of phases of image so do you think there's the Ziggy period do you think there's the Thin White Duke period um, not really I always thought there was a man behind it and that he was doing these personas and he was this is what he was doing I mean my favourite one was actually when he came back and did Heroes and it was on top of the pops and he, like my parents had been a little bit worried about me because they said who's this David Bowie guy and there weren't any stickers when I was going to school so I had a yellow insulating tape with Bowie written on my school bag, you know what I mean? Like you know, you, you couldn't oh, just I didn't go realize into, that it yeah. was it was this deep seated this long. This oh yeah, is very long time. And they were saying, to why it. is he getting into this guy? Could he not be going to Neil Diamond or somebody like exactly. that? Exactly, <laughs> somebody a bit of classy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, so they were worried. But then when he arrived on top of the pops doing Heroes for the very first time, and he was wearing a pair of blue jeans, I believe he was wearing a pair of boots and a white shirt, and. He just was looked so normal. He looked; he was the most normal man in the place. And actually, the time I, I got to meet him backstage at what was the point, he was the most normal person in the uh, in the whole room because everybody else had come along because they loved David Bowie, so they had tried to wear some <laughs> funky stuff and a few little zigzags here and whatever. Whereas he came in in a pair of like combats and just said, "How are you?" <laughs> Which is amazing. But uh, he was always into that kind of thing. What about the movies? 
The movies that he did. Well, actually, it's funny you should mention that because my daughter, um, you probably know this already because you're multi-researched, but it's my birthday on Monday. So <laughs> you didn't? What? Congratulations. <laughs> Bring in the much. cake. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my daughter, Ashling, is uh, bringing me tomorrow to the Lighthouse Cinema as part of this festival you're talking about uh, to see Labyrinth which I have never seen. And she didn't know I hadn't seen it. But it will complete my Bowie education. And I, I don't even care if it's rubbish or whatever. But I mean, and I don't even, I was going to look up and see what the storyline, what the plot is. I think it's a kid's movie, to be honest with you. You but have never I've seen never Labyrinth. I've never seen Labyrinth, ah, you know. So I know. So. Ah, yeah. How can you not have seen <laughs> I Labyrinth? I know, I don't know. So this will complete it. But uh, Well, I don't want to jinx it for you. Yeah, and it right. is <laughs> 30-something years since yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. But my recollection of it is, A, it's brilliant. Right. And B, Bowie makes it. Oh, really? Oh, oh it's excellent. Great. Very it's, good. And it has Very to be good. said, this is the reason I ask about the movies is because yeah. of all of the Bowie movies, yeah. I love Labyrinth and can't stick the rest of them. Right. And I was intrigued by what you said about him originally starting as an actor. Did mm. he want, do you think, did he leverage the fame to do what he originally wanted to do? Is it like a bit, you know the way Don, Johnny Depp keeps whipping out the guitar when you don't want him yeah, to? Yes, so, I know. Is, yeah. is he the reverse? Oh, oh, Johnny's got the guitar again. <laughs> yeah, put it away. <laughs> is he the reverse that he whips out the acting all the time because he can off the music? Um, I just or think did, people were so fascinated by him that they asked him and they knew that he was kind of open to being to these suggestions. I mean, I think he, he probably chose well on paper, but uh, some of them were slight duds. I mean, I, I wouldn't put him down as an actor. He was a rock star. He was... Uh, an icon, you know what I mean? But he was able to do all this. Uh, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be a major fan of his movies, but I but I do like to see him in them. And I think some of the cameos he did uh, were very, very good. There was one in the one about a magician that I thought he was. Did you see that one? It was oh. uh, it was more recent. That was that the it wasn't the prestige or something? I mean, yes, was I think it? it was the prestige. He was Nikola Tesla Nikola in Tesla. the thing with Hugh Jackman. Yes, was yes. That, that that was a, yeah. that was the prestige. You know right. too much. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good Tesla. See, that's actually my... he was also very good in extras. Extra. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Superb. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, and the song was just perfect. And Ricky Gervais was. And and Ricky is uh, uh, became a really good friend of his as well, and he tells some great stories about him. And there was one where he went to see Bowie in a hotel room, or Bowie came to him in a hotel room, and there was um, there were, they were, he was trying to play something from an old MP3 player. So he had the machine and he had the leads. So he said at one stage, Ricky Gervais was saying, David Bowie was down on the floor trying to put this, the leads into the back of the telly so that they could listen to the thing. And he was saying, this is David Bowie, what's going on? You know, it's just madness. But, uh, I remember him, uh, Gervais, being quoted about him and I thought it was a lovely quote. He said that the friendship ran almost parallel to his admiration of him at the start. So he said that they could hang out as friends and there'd be flashes where he'd think, yeah. That's David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, and they know, yeah, just being friends again. So I'm doing that right now. That's Anton Savage over there. Look, see, that's Anton. <laughs> did you ever get to interview him? Uh, I, well, I did actually. I, I got to interview him in the Clarence Hotel with a group of journalists. It was one of those round table uh, things. Yeah. And I felt really kind of... Uh, you feel kind I, of... You I, need I, a shower I, after We actually them. never put it out. You know, I, I wasn't happy with it, what, what we got. And, and other journalists can be a little bit kind of smart arse and a bit kind of, you know, oh, I'm going to ask the, the killer question here. And uh, I didn't feel, I, I didn't feel as if I was in, in the same league. But they're almost impossible to do. You five minutes, it's not your yeah, own environment. Yeah, exactly, He's no. bored by it by the time you get yeah, him. It's exactly. a very tricky thing yeah, to get anyway, yeah, decently. Yeah. His yeah. impact, do you, what's the impact on broader music, if any? On broader music, I mean, I think he still is having a huge impact. I mean, like, I think he changed the rules uh, and he changed them before 
he was always ahead of his time. He was always kind of innovating. He was always moving on to something else. Uh, and I think that people were inspired by him. Like, you know, if you take all a lot of the 80s, like a lot of the, the human leagues and the classics Nouveau and the erasures even, and, you know, people were able to say, we can do this. I think he has completely, he, he completely changed it. I mean, you could say the Beatles did as well. I kind of missed out on the Beatles and I'm trying to go back. And I watched that Get Back, uh, was it Get Back? The, 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 yeah. the Apple uh, thing that went on for about 24 hours. But uh, Have absolutely you brilliant. M- uh, McCartney on Howard Stern. No. It's not bad. You know yeah. the way Howard Stern can flip the switch where he goes normal and just yeah. does straight yeah. interviews? It's one of those and it's right, fairly exciting. Yeah. He talks mm. about Yoko and the, the Lennon relationship and all the rest. Yeah. It's not a bad one. It's on YouTube yeah. if He's you're... A, like, I mean, I was never really a McCartney fan. I always thought John Lennon was the man. But uh, watching McCartney on that Apple show, uh, he's an absolute genius. Like, you could see him just making stuff up on the spot. And, and, uh, and, then, and then this turned out to be you know, uh, Hey Jude or something like that, you know. And the lads are just looking and say, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So go back then. Uh, If Monday is your birthday, which is the 15th? 16th. 16th, my apologies. He died on the 10th in 2016. That's right. Were you depressed for that birthday? Hey, it was actually like a family member had died. I mean, I was, was really caught up about it, and uh, and you know, I I I'm sure my family were too happy about you know about the idea that I was actually more upset about that than I would be about you know an uncle or something like that. You know, but uh, it really did. And I mean, I remember Paula McSweeney, who was on before me, uh, came in and told me that he had died. I didn't know. I, I drove into work, jolly jolly jolly, uh, and uh, then suddenly uh, here Bowie died. What? And uh, and. We did a, sh- a show. Was that the like, manner in which she broke it to you? Yeah, well, <laughs> Paula yeah, wasn't in her yeah. most empathetic of <laughs> moods that morning. No, no, probably not. She probably didn't realise how important it was to me. But anyway, and the show we did actually was quite sombre after that. You know, on the radio, uh, it was fine. But people were ringing in, and like I still get a huge amount of um, emails and text messages. Saw this, thought of you. So you know, like something about Bowie and the. And, there's a thing on BBC Four tonight. Uh, you should watch it about Bowie. Like, it's, people are lovely about it, and they kind of know. I mean, the other I mean, you were talking about obsession earlier on. Like, I did my and my other my sister Ashling. I've I've a daughter Ashling and a sister Ashling. But my, my sister Ashling gave me a one thousand piece David Bowie jigsaw at Christmas. And I, I spent about three days doing it there just last week. And, and I finished it. And it was like about 15 different jigsaws because there were all the album covers or a selection of them. So there were 15 album covers. And it was doing my head in. But I got it done. I have it at home. Uh, you, you have to frame it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my wife it. keeps saying, do you want to leave that on the, on the, on the table? <laughs> for, still eating around. How much? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit of ketchup on, uh, on low or hunky-dory there. I will be watching your Twitter avidly because I want to see the reaction to Labyrinth now tomorrow when you yes. go to it because I'll be I, I'm very now emotionally invested yeah. I'm, I think you're going to really enjoy it oh, so that's I'm, good. I'll, I'll keep good. my fingers crossed and you, is he in it a lot now is he kind of oh he's central to the whole thing is he he's, oh, oh he is the, it hinges around okay. he is the the all seeing eye of Mordor if you yeah. go with the what, what was that thing the that annoying thing with the Hobbit Oh, The Hobbit. That's what do you call that, it? that passed me by as well. <laughs> that's bad. Single biggest movie that's been made in recent memory, and I can't remember the name of it. Oh well. So anyway, have you read the Harry book? Have I read the Harry? No. Do you know the Harry book <laughs> is the single fastest-selling non-fiction book in history? Yes, in history. In history. My God. Other than the Bible, depending on your religious book? outlook. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you, you. <laughs> Putting that to one side. The wonderful Ian Dempsey. Enjoy Labyrinth. Thank you so much for coming in on a Saturday. Anton, and I know you have you. bigger fish to fry. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.